0: And uh, we're going to be reading from um, the Old Testament, Psalm 22, and it's on page 482 in the Pew Bibles, oh, church Bibles, old habits die hard. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, yet I have no rest. But you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you rescued them. They cried to you and were set free. They trusted in you and were not disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by people. Everyone who seeks me mocks me, they sneer and shake their heads. He relies on the Lord, let him save him, let the Lord rescue him, since he takes pleasure in him. It was you who brought me out of the womb, making me secure at my mother's breast. I was given over to you at birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Don't be far from me because distress is near and there's no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong ones of Bashan encircle me. They open their mouths against me, lions mauling and roaring. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are disjointed. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You put me into the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. A gang of evildoers has closed in on me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all the bones, all my bones. People look and stare at me. They divided my garments among themselves and they cast lots for my clothing. But you, Lord, don't be far away. My strength, come quickly to help me. Rescue my life from the sword, my only life from the power of these dogs. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of wild oxen. You answered me, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you in the assembly. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honour him. All you descendants of Israel, revere him. For he has not despised or abhorred the torment of the oppressed. He did not hide his face from him, but listened when he cried to him for help. I will praise in the great assembly because of you. I will fulfill my vows before those who fear you. The humble will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before you for kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules the nations. All who prosper on earth will eat and bow down. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him, even the one who cannot preserve his life. Their descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people yet to be born. They will declare what he has
1: done. This is the word of God. The next Bible reading is from Mark chapter 15. Uh, we're going to be reading from verses 16 to the end of the chapter, verse 47. Uh, if you've got a church Bible, it's on page 904, it'll also be up on the screen for you. Mark 15, verse 16. The soldiers led him away into the palace, that is, the governor's residence and called the whole company together. They dressed him in a purple robe, twisted together a crown of thorns, and put it on him. And they began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! They were hitting him on the head with a stick and spitting on him. Getting down on their knees, they were paying him homage. After they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple robe and put his clothes on him. They led him out to crucify him. They forced a man coming in from the country who was passing by to carry Jesus' cross. He was Simon from Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. Then they crucified him, and divided his clothes, casting lots for them to decide what each would get. Now it was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge written against him was, The King of the Jews. They crucified two criminals with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, Ha! The one who will destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Save yourself by coming down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests and the scribes were mocking him among themselves and saying, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross so that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him taunted him. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God. Why have you abandoned me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, See, he's calling for Elijah. Some ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, fixed it on a stick, offered him a drink and said, Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. Jesus let out a a loud cry and breathed his last Then the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who was standing opposite him saw the way he breathed his last, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. There were also women watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Younger and of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, these women followed him and took care of him. Many other women had come up with him to Jerusalem. When it was already evening, because it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the Sanhedrin, who was himself looking forward to the kingdom of God, came and boldly went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had already died. When he found out from the centurion, he gave the corpse to Joseph. After he bought some linen cloth, Joseph took him down and wrapped him in the linen. Then he laid him in a tomb cut out of the rock and rolled a stone against the entrance to the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, were watching where he was laid.
2: Good morning, friends. My name is Chris. I'm the Church at 630 Minister. If you are new or visiting, a really speckle, special welcome. speckled welcome. Special welcome and a speckled welcome to you. And I hope you're enjoying your time with us. How great is the band sounding this morning? How about I pray for us as we think about Mark 15 together? Heavenly Father and Gracious God, we thank you for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for your word, the Bible and we thank you for your spirit and so as we read your word consider the cross of jesus christ we pray that by your spirit you would help us to understand what you are doing on this terrible day so that it may be a good friday not so that we would be smarter sinners but so we we may walk more closely with you in jesus name amen um, sorry Warwick, I'm going to change the intro to what I was, had before. So, um, when I was growing up, I had a tree house in my backyard. Um, and I figured out this great trick of getting up into the tree house. What I'd do was, uh, like Indiana Jones, was get a long piece of rope and tie a loop in the end and throw it over the tree and stick my foot in and hoist myself up. I got pretty good at this trick of getting myself into the treehouse. So I thought, you know what? When my mate Tom comes over next time, I will show him how good I am. So I said, Tom, watch this. Whenever you say watch this, you know it's going to end badly, right? And so I threw the rope over the, the, the branch of the tree, stuck my foot in the, in the, um, the loop, and then yanked it so hard that I completely flipped upside down. So picture this, uh, my foot gets stuck in the loop, the rope gets stuck in the tree, and there I am hanging upside down about a metre from the ground. And so Tom, bless his heart, freaks out and runs inside and says, Mrs. Holding, Mrs. Holding, Chris has hung himself. (laughs) And so she freaks out. She runs into the backyard and sees me upside down hanging one metre above the ground. She says, do you need any help? (laughs) Says, no, I think I've got this. Friends, here is my point as we go through life we do that to the giver of life as we live in this world as we go to work as we do life with family as we um, consider how we might get all the richest riches and joys and goodness out of life when it comes to god we often say god i think i've got this we look at jesus and the salvation and free forgiveness that he offers and we say no i think i've got this we don't see that jesus is a king and we don't see that he is someone worth following we actually see it in our passage today if you've got it there whether it's in your bibles have a look at mark 15 verses 31 to 32 in the same way the chief priests with the scribes were mocking him that's jesus among themselves and saying he saved himself but he so he saved others but he cannot save himself let the messiah the king of israel come down from the cross so we may see and believed even those who were crucified with him taunted him you would think that jesus kingship is plain to see don't you i mean he said was he he was the king he taught he was the king he even has a sign above he said above the cross saying jesus saying king of the jews it's obvious that he's king but even though they see jesus they refuse to believe they don't think he's the king and they definitely don't think he's worth following the first great tragedy of this is even though they are very close to Jesus, they are still far away from God. And I take it that Mark includes these peoples in the Gospel, so we'd see it as a warning. You see, you might know about Jesus, or even be close to Jesus. You might have grown up in a Christian family, or you might be church here for the first time today, and if that's you, we are so glad that you've joined us. But friends, if you fail to see that Jesus is worth following, and put your trust in him, then you are so very close to Jesus, but so very far away from him. The second great tragedy is that without following Jesus, there is no rescue from sin. You're just like me, hanging upside down one meter from the ground. You see, without God, there is no real hope in this life, there is no lasting joy. No certainty of eternity. And so with this in mind, I want to give you this morning three reasons why Jesus is a king worth following. So first reason, the king receives judgment for us. Uh, Every year on our TVs and social media, it's flooded with terrible news. There was earthquakes in Syria, the war in the Ukraine, and just last year on our back doorstep floods through the central west towns like ugara going under there has been dark dark days in the last six months but the darkest day is when god's son hung on a cross have a look at verse 34 sorry verse 33 it was noon darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon and at three jesus cried out in a loud voice eloi eloi lemak sabachthani Which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When Jesus hung on the cross, why did everything suddenly go dark? I mean, some people say it was a solar eclipse. The average solar eclipse lasts for seven minutes. But how long does this darkness last for? Three hours. So it can't be a solar eclipse the darkness was actually a fulfillment of the prophecy set, uh, given by God to the prophet Isaiah. You see, 750 years before Jesus was on earth, God gave this message, this warning to the prophet Amos. We read, And in that day, this is the declaration of the Lord God I will make the sun go down at noon, I will darken the land in the daytime. I will make that grief-like mourning for an only son and its outcome like a bitter day. God says there is coming a day in the future when God's judgment will be poured out on a single person, on a son, and the sign will be darkness at noon, complete and utter darkness, which means the darkness at the crucifixion is not a natural phenomenon, It is a miracle of God, a sign, a declaration to the crowd, to the world and us today, that on the cross, Jesus is experiencing the judgment of God. What does this judgment look like? Well, Jesus, in fact, tells us in the only words that he he says in Mark 15 on the cross, he quotes Psalm 22. That was from our Bible, first Bible reading. Did you notice that Jesus quotes it? In Psalm 22, King David is experiencing unmatched suffering. He is in pain. He feels hopeless. He is on the verge of death and abandoned by God. And Jesus quotes this psalm to tell the world that the judgment he's experiencing is the most horrid, painful and darkness form of judgment. That at that time, he experienced separation and abandonment from God. As he bore the sin of us on the cross, he became cursed by God and experienced separation from God. You know, I love the brilliance of a diamond. They're also expensive. Just ask a young guy who wants to ask a girl to marry him. Um, You see, just as the brilliance of a diamond can only be seen with the backdrop of darkness, friends, you will only see that Jesus is worth following when you understand the reality and the darkness of sin. You see, sin has three letters. Kids, help me out here. How do you spell sin? Call it out. Okay, that wasn't rehearsed. Well done, guys. And the most important letter in the word sin is I. Because sin is when I put myself before God. Sin is when I live with myself as king. Sin is when I live my own way and I don't live God's way. And the Bible teaches us that the punishment for sin is death, judgment, and separation from god you see if god is the giver of everything that is good if god is the giver of real hope lasting joy and eternal life then to be separated from god is to lose those things in this life and the next so friends the darkness and the cry of the king on the cross reveal a deep and profound truth to us this morning that on the cross, God's king re- receives the judgment on God on our behalf. This is why Jesus is a king worth following. Second reason is because he gives us mercy. Have a look at verse 37. Jesus let out a cry and breathed his last, and the curtain of the temple was torn into from top to bottom. Uh, the temple in jerusalem was this stunning building and represented the presence of god with his people at the center of the temple was a single room a perfect cube they called the holy of holies and this was the very room where the presence of the holy and glorious god dwelt but if you were to go to the temple Everywhere there were barriers that separated you from this holy and glorious God. Uh, Even the high priest, even the high priest, the, the, the head honcho of the place, he could only go into the holies of holies one day a year. And before he did that, he'd have to give sacrifices for sin so he could stand in the presence of God without going kaput. You see, on one hand, the temple gave access to a holy and glorious God. And on the other hand, it stopped sinful people standing in the presence of a sinful and holy God because they would cease to exist. So friends, when you hear the word temple in Jerusalem, don't think church, don't think Anzac Memorial. Uh, Think more like an all access door to God with a huge Hawaiian bouncer on the front. Someone like the rock, yeah? But the thing is, the thing separating God from his people wasn't the rock. It was a huge curtain, uh, literally a wall of fabric. It was 10 meters wide, about 20 meters high, and probably half a foot thick. So it's not the kind of block out curtains you buy from Lincraft. It's a literal wall of fabric and at the exact moment that Jesus breathed his last and willingly gave up his life, God tore the temple curtain in half. This powerful demonstration was God's declaration that Jesus on the cross defeated sin and death and the time for the temple was now over. A priest or a temple is no longer needed for sins to be forgiven by God. A priest or a temple is no longer needed to have full access to God. A priest or a temple is no longer needed to receive the mercy of God. For that, we go to the cross of Jesus Christ. And Mark proves that access and all his mer- that, sorry the access to God and all of God's mercy is freely available to all because it's received by the centurion. The most unlikely person a non-jewish person sees understands and says the most astounding thing verse 39 truly this was the son of god you see in chapter one mark says that seeing is believing and this is the first human in mark's gospel to say that jesus is the son of god in chapter one mark writes i want you to see that jesus is the son of god at jesus's baptism god the father says this is my son even the demons and the evil spirits in mark's gospel says that jesus is the son of god but here it is the first human it is a centurion not the jewish crowd not the religious leaders but someone who sees and believes in who jesus is why because the curtain has been torn in two and the time for seeing and believing is now and while we don't know the exact knowledge um, of his confession it's a deeply profound point that jesus death on the cross is working in the life of this man that mercy and forgiveness is available through jesus christ Which brings us to our third point. You see, this is why Jesus is a king worth following. Remember when I was up in the tree, hanging one metre, upside down, swinging back and forth, and my mother said, do you need any help? I said, nah, I've got this. Friends, the great tragedy is us, like the crowd around the cross, is that we say that to God when he offers his son, Jesus Christ. In turning our back on Jesus and his cross, we turn our back on the payment for sin that Jesus has provided. We turn our back on the mercy of God that he freely gives. And so what we need to do is see Jesus as a king, a king who is worth following and who can rescue us. Uh, Romans chapter 5 says this, For while we were still helpless, At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us, that in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why is Jesus a king worth following? Because in his rescue, he displays the love of God. Your sin, my sin, was laid on jesus your sin my sin was forever dealt with what a king king jesus is who came not to live but to die not to rule but to serve who came not to take up a throne but a cross so that we could be forgiven by god so that we could be rescued from the judgment of god and be given the free gift of mercy. Dr. Stroenbraker was a atheist philosopher in Cambridge studying. Studying many years, she had no interest in God and no need to follow Jesus. Uh, She thought that Jesus wasn't a king worth following. And then she met some people who did follow Jesus and they invited her to a series of talks. You see, for Stonebreaker, it started with science. She found out that science and God coexist. Uh, And then after a few of these talks on the Bible, she realized that her atheist propositions were untested assumptions. And then the clincher came for her when she read the gospel with a friend. She says this, I saw that I was invited into a story in which I was no longer at the center A story in which God was at the centre. A God who becomes human in order to die so that I could be made right with him. That's what we're talking about this morning, friends. Jesus on the cross. God become human so that we could be made right with him. Why is Jesus a king worth following? Because he takes the judgement for sin and death on the cross on our behalf. Because through his death, he, give, he gives free forgiveness and mercy to anyone who trusts in him. Because he rescues us from his ju- from the judgment of God, so that we might have eternal life. Friends, is Jesus your king? Are you following him? Uh, let me pray that God would help us to do that. Heavenly Father and gracious God, we thank you for your Son Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the pain that he patiently bore for us. We thank you that it was your plan and in your great love that you poured out your judgment on Jesus so that we could be forgiven of our sin and made right with you. And so this Good Friday, help us to see uh, that Jesus is a king worth following and someone worth giving our whole life to.